Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Good evening. This is the very last Dig a Bit for the month of February, and we have a peripheral question from one of our diggers, and she says that she's thinking about a New Testament passage over in Mark chapter 9, and she says when we're thinking about restoration, and we look at chapter 9 of Mark, we have John coming to Jesus and saying, Master, we saw someone casting out devils in your name, and he doesn't follow us. And we forbade him because he follows not us. But Jesus said, Don't forbid him. Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a mighty work or a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. For he that's not against us is on our part or on our side. For whoever will give you a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. And whosoever will offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it's better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were cast into the sea. And if your hand offend thee, cut it off, because it's better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where the worm dies not and the fire is not quenched. What's important here, the question actually that she's really asking is, if this passage is about John questioning how someone could cast out demons who wasn't a follower. And then Jesus said, in the end, after he made some more comments, he said, For the one who is not against us is for us. For truly I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will by no means lose their reward. And she said, Who are these people being described? Are they people of a different faith than the followers of Christ? And if so, what is their reward? Is their reward heaven? Well, I'm going to postulate here that these are not people of a different faith. Jesus is saying he could not be doing a mighty work in in my name. He couldn't be doing this mighty work if he were not one of us. It's very important here that we see that Jesus is right in the middle of a lesson about humility and forgiveness. If you study Matthew's account of this, it is more extensive than Mark's is here. It's preparatory for what's going to unfold, even among the disciples. But there is this section in Mark's account about John coming to Jesus with a complaint. Now, this is a complaint that didn't make John look very good. He said, Jesus, I saw a man casting out demons in your name, in the name of Jesus. Note that John here did not say that the man wasn't really casting out demons. He didn't dispute the fact that the man was doing the miracle and that he was doing so by Christ's authority. 
You can see that in Matthew 10 and the first of that chapter and in Mark 16 and around verse 17. He wasn't saying that this man wasn't doing the miracle and he wasn't saying that he wasn't doing it by the authority of Jesus. His irritation was that he wasn't following, now listen, us. <laughs> Observe this place of importance that John was claiming for himself. Notice that that is very likely why Mark put this incident in right in the middle of Jesus' teaching about humility, about how we are supposed to become as little children. So in that context, Christ responded, don't forbid him. The Greek there means stop hindering him. Now, if Jesus was saying, stop hindering this man, then this man was doing good things. And as Jesus said, he was on the right team. Now, perhaps he wasn't walking down the same road or going in to eat at the same place or whatever it was that Jesus was doing. But Jesus is saying here, don't hinder this man from doing what I have given him the authority to do. The prohibition was directed there to all of them. And the reason that Jesus gave these commands to the apostles were, first of all, the man couldn't have been performing a miracle unless Jesus had given him the power. That is certainly the implication of what Jesus is saying here. And secondly, even if that man, and we don't know his name, that follower, had possessed miraculous ability and later on maybe left Jesus like Judas did, well, he wouldn't be able to abuse his gift by ever connecting it with false teaching as John was implying here. People who are not on the team of Jesus are not going to have the authority to abuse miraculous gifts. So there would have to be a time lapse between the ability to do miracles and someone maybe who apostatized or later on taught false doctrine. So right now, this man, if he was, if he was doing miracles at the moment John went to Jesus, he was doing them by the authority of Jesus. If perhaps this man at the point John came to Jesus had already walked away from Jesus, then he wasn't casting out demons at that moment. And incidentally, when we look at this, we understand that neither Satan nor any of his servants have ever been able to perform genuine miracles. And you can read uh, something further about that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. God would never allow the miraculous to be connected with lies. And the Lord's conclusion was, this man is not against us. What he has done has been by my authority. So leave him alone. Stop hindering him from the good that he's doing because he is on the right team. So the question is, who are, who is this man being described? People of a different faith than those who are following Christ, than those who are part of the kingdom is what it would be today. Well, certainly not. Uh, this, this man was not a part of the 
church of Christ, the kingdom of Christ, because as Jesus said in Matthew 16, 15 and 16, that kingdom had not been established yet. The followers of Christ today are in his church, in his kingdom. And again, something else that's different about today is that we don't have the miraculous abilities. Those have been replaced. Uh, we already have the word confirmed, 1 Corinthians 13. We already have the completed, that which is perfect. So we don't have the miraculous today. But her question is, what was then the reward what was the reward of those who were doing these miracles according to john's quote were not followers well they were this man who was casting out demons was doing it by the authority of jesus there is no other power under heaven by which any man could do a miracle except by the power of jesus and so Jesus was pointing that out. And then he said, For he that is not against us is on our side. Whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to Christ, he shall not lose his reward. What is that reward? Well, I believe Jesus is saying here that those people who humble themselves and serve other people in the name of Jesus will have the reward of heaven. Now, again, we're talking about a time here before the kingdom, before people were baptized for the remission of sins to become part of Christ's kingdom. But he goes on and says, Whosoever will cause one of these little ones that believe in me to stumble, it's better for him than a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were cast into the sea. He goes ahead and talks about eternal punishment and eternal reward there. So Jesus was saying that those who give their lives to serve, those who are causing people to come to Jesus, giving them cups of water in the name of Jesus by his authority, those who are serving after the example of and by the authority of Christ will have an eternal reward. And those who would cause others to fall away from Christ, oh, it's better for those people that a millstone were hanged around their necks. You know, I'm going to digress just for a little bit here and go ahead and say that that's very powerful to me when I think about the fact that Jesus said, if we cause these little ones in the kingdom, these little ones who are following Christ to fall away from him, if we become the temptation to them to fall away from Jesus, then it's better for us that a millstone were hanged around our neck and we were cast into the depths of the sea. We want to be really careful as the people of God that we have this humble spirit that is the context of this entire passage as we work to restore the kingdom of Christ. Are we going to go to people and say, well, Look what we have. We have the truth. And we are restoring the New Testament church. And so we are, are we going to, are we going to have that attitude that acts like we have the only handle on the truth of God's word? Well, absolutely not. 
our attitude is going to be one of humility of how blessed are we that God has given to all of us his completed and revealed word his pattern for his New Testament church and how blessed am I that I get to be and I get to live in the era of the New Testament church and that I have learned from the Word of God that He gives us so freely, His written, revealed will, what to do to be a part of that kingdom. And if I can just be the least in that kingdom, then I'm greater than John the Baptist, as Jesus said. Oh, my attitude should be one of eternal gratitude that I get to have any part in His kingdom. And then it should be one of feeling a grave responsibility to, in humility, do all that I can to present His will. Not mine, but His will for eternal life to all those that are around me. And I pray that that's what we all can do together. Restoration is not a proud and boastful act of a braggart. Restoration is, what can I do to humbly submit to the will of the Creator of this universe for my salvation and for His kingdom on earth today? I hope that that's the attitude of all of us as we study the restoration of the New Testament church. If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Dig a Bit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.